Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. So midweek prayer and Bible study, right? That's what we, we kind of label this as. And, uh, and here's what we believe. We believe that the Bible uh, is the basis for our learning as a Christian. The idea is this, what does the Bible say, right? right? Think about it now, what, what does the Bible say? And uh, I know that's, that's debated these days. I mentioned something on Sunday night, if you were here, um, about some of the, uh, some of the new, uh, some of the new theology, the Reformed theology that's, that's being peddled, where, you know, they're trying to undermine the scriptures, but that's not what we believe here. We believe the Bible is God's word, and uh, we, we tend to believe, you know, that uh, we need to find out what the Bible has to say, right? That's where we begin, right? So if the Bible speaks to a specific topic, then, and we say we believe the Bible, then we begin there, correct? We begin right there. Uh, it may lead us to gather other information, but we have to begin there, correct? And so a couple weeks ago, we began a series uh, or a study uh, on eternity for all. And the whole idea uh, is, what's the Bible say? What's the Bible say about eternity? And what we discovered is this, the Bible speaks to us about eternal life and eternal death, right? It speaks more specifically about those who... Uh, who believe spend eternity in heaven. And those who don't believe spend eternity in hell. It's okay to still say that, right? Hell? Yeah, I, know, I know sometimes where you date yourself and speak about hell, preach about hell, but it's in the book. Amen. And people are still dying without the knowledge of Christ or having rejected Christ and will end up in hell because that's where people who don't believe go when they depart into eternity. Some might say, well, believe what? And the answer to that is this, what the Bible says. What the Bible says. What the Bible says about eternity, eternal heaven, or eternal life, eternal death, you know, and how you can know for sure where you're going to spend your eternity. The Bible teaches us that. Isn't that right? And we spent, we spent, I don't know, maybe three weeks uh, looking at uh, heaven, eternal life, for those who believe. Remember that? And we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the Bible talks about the, the structure of heaven, right? And the, the threefold structure. There's, you know, uh, Paul talks about the third heaven. Remember that? He was ushered into the third heaven. And because we're so smart, we said, if there's a third heaven, there must have been a second. Of course, the first. And we kind of looked at Scripture, if you recall, and we kind of isolated 
what the first heaven or second heaven, third heaven it probably is. Third heaven being the place of God's abode, you know. And then we looked at some of the details and some of the description that the Bible shares about heaven. Now, of course, we like to fill in the blanks, don't we? And sometimes we use what I call imagine, you know, sanctified imagination, right? Well, what are people doing in heaven right now? Well, man, it's got to be, Craig, there's got to be some of the best fishing, you know, best hunting, Amen. Brother Smith, the, the best golf courses, you know, but you know what we're doing, right? We're just using sanctified imagination. And I would, hope, I would hope there is fishing and hunting and golf playing, and I hope so. I hope there's pizza parlors on every corner, you know, from the Brunos to <laughs> whoever's, you know. And that way every day I can fish, I can golf, I can spend time with, well, we're not going to be married in heaven. I'm sorry, Donna, you know, because there is no marriage in heaven. But if we could be, I'd be married to her for all eternity. You know that, right? Right, fellas? So, but, but we know what the Bible tells us about heaven. And boy, it's, it's exciting. You mean to look forward to it, correct? In fact, we begin to anticipate it, you know? And I think if God told us anything more, uh, we would try to hurry up the process. Remember I told you this? I was speaking in one of the Bible studies about the fellow who uh, I pastored who was on his deathbed dying, and, and I mean to tell you, he was close to going, and he looked at me, and I was holding his hand, and he looked at me, and he said, Pastor, he said, Preacher, he said, Preacher, if you can only see what I can see right now. You know, and I mean, I had the chills when he said that. And, and I remember saying this in response to him. I said, well, I can't, and I'm glad I can't because then I would want to go with you, right? But I'm glad you can see it. And so we talked a little bit about heaven, eternal life, heaven for those who believe. However, to be fair, talking about eternity for all, well, there's eternal death, right, for those who don't believe. The Bible talks about heaven. The Bible speaks about hell. You know, in fact, the very last reference in the Bible is in the book of Revelation, chapter number 20. You got your Bibles? Revelation chapter number 20. I'm going to use this, Jim. Am I plugged in? Am I ready to go? Perfect. Look, look at the screen. This is the very last reference to hell in the Bible. Revelation 20, verse 14 says, And death and hell were cast to the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It's pretty serious stuff, isn't it? Huh? And so what we did is this. When we, when we closed up our discussion last There's week, to stop here. Check at the device be quiet. Siri's <laughs> talking to me again. She's, she eavesdrops, I'm telling you. Uh, but what we did when we closed up, we, we closed up with a few questions. Remember, remember some of the questions with this. Is hell a real place? And if it is, where is it? Where is hell? These are questions. Um, are people, uh, if hell's a real place, are people really being tormented there? Right? These are real questions. Uh, and, and here's maybe the, the, the biggest question. Uh, if people are being tormented there, why would a loving God send people there? Did you ever hear questions like that before? Now, I don't have time because this is just Bible study. We have a slot of time to go through some of the, some of the theories and, and some of the rebuttals 
You know, because you've heard this before, people talking about hell just being a frame of mind, you know? And then people will say this, well, man, uh, we're, we're living in hell. And I know sometimes life is difficult and can be tough, you know? Uh, but this is not hell, you know? Um, but here's the thing, we're going to stay true to what the Bible teaches, right? What does the Bible say? Because the only way we can answer any question, you know, rightly with truth is to just declare what the Bible has to say, right? Uh, I've never been to the other side, right? I, I've never been to heaven. Glad that I've never been to hell, nor will I ever go to hell because of my faith in Christ. So all I really know and all we could ever conclude is what the Bible says. So what does the Bible say about hell? And I thought tonight we'd start with the origin of hell, the origin of hell. Uh, you know, everything but God has a genesis, has a beginning, right? God has no beginning, but everything but God has a beginning, had a beginning, has a beginning. Uh, and the Bible teaches that hell, hell, as we read from Scripture, is a created place. God created this place uh, called hell. Uh, originally, originally, it was prepared for the devil and those wicked angels, those fallen angels uh, that departed with him. In fact, we read that over in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. It says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Look what it says. Prepared for who? The devil and his angels. Who were, who were his angels? Huh? Evil spirits, right? Where'd they come from? They fell from heaven, right? So you remember the story, right? Are you with me? Go, go do this. Do this. I don't remember the story. I do remember the story. I don't I really don't know. Uh, so God created the angelic host, right? And he created an angel, and he named him Lucifer. You with me? Right? And, and you know, Lucifer rebelled against God, right? You can read that over in Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel chapter 28. You can read about his rebellion. And part of his rebellion was simply this. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be worshipped as God was worshipped. You know, and the Bible says that God kicked him out of heaven and a third of the angelic host departed with him. And they became, they became his angels. They became fallen spirits. We call them demons. Some of them, and this is not a study on demons, but some of them are reserved today uh, in hell and others are, are out and about as his cohorts, correct? Every once in a while we say, man, the devil, Mike, the devil's after you this week. Well, not really. His cohorts are after you, right? Uh, his demons are about, and they're trying to hinder you and thwart the program of God in your life, right? So he's got this. So what, what happens from the very beginning, because the Bible is eternal as well, I mean, God, you know, spoke the Bible, but, you know, Jesus being the Word of God, this has been prepared since the beginning of man. When God created heaven, or of course, when God spoke, you know, about heaven, he speaks about another place called hell, and he prepared hell for not you and I, not for humans, but for the devil and his angels. You with me? And that's important because as we go down through this, uh, this study here, uh, we're going to come up with that question. Why would God send 
You know, loving God, why would he send people to hell? Well, God never intended for man to go to hell. According to Scripture, hell was the result of rejecting God or rejecting Jesus, God's only begotten Son. Lewis says in Matthew 13, 41, says, The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather of his kingdom all that offend and them which do iniquity. And then verse 50 says, And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. And then it says, There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So God never, he never prepared hell for humankind. He prepared hell for the devil and his demons. Um, but it's as real as heaven is. It's as real as earth is. And so the question is often raised, well, then where is it? Where is hell? John? We'd say it again. Christ said that to the Pharisee, you are from beneath, which means that it's in the center of the earth. Center of the earth. John seems to think it's center of the earth. Where do you think hell is? Any idea? Pardon me? Someplace hot. Aruba, the Caribbean, Florida. Somebody said Florida. No, it's not Florida. Florida's paradise, man. Florida's nice. All right, so what's the Bible say? Right? And these are one of the areas, there's some things, there's areas, right, of Scripture where we really can't be dogmatic. You know what that means? I mean, you just can't stand your ground and say, well, I'll die for that. I'll die. There's certain things I'll die for because the Bible's very clear. But then there's others that I just kind of, you know, believe this is the tendency of, of belief. And I do think, I do think in speaking about that, the Bible uh, kind of hints to, look at Ezekiel 32, 27. And they shall not lie with the mighty that are fallen of the uncircumcised, which are going down, which are going down, which are going down to hell with their weapons of war. You see that? Which are going down. Uh, here's another one, Isaiah 14, 9. says, hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. Hell from what? From beneath. You know, uh, here's another one. Number 1632 says, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up. This is the days of Korah in the rebellion. If you remember that back in the book of Numbers and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained to Korah and their goods, they and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation." So, hell is a real place. Where is it? Some would say it's just some, some black hole, you know. Some believe that it's out, you know, uh, in the heavens. But there seems to be evidence, and there's many other scriptures that we can refer to that speak about it being, you know, every time we talk about hell, you know, going down to hell, we always refer to down. And scientific evidence is that, you know, at the earth's core, in fact, the deeper men drill down into the earth's core, the hotter it becomes. In fact, they believe the earth's core is a, an inferno. Just look at volcanoes with the molten lava and spitting out, you know, from the earth. And, uh, and we've only gotten down, you know, I think they've only drilled down into the earth's core uh, between 8 to 12 miles. 
where you'd have to go down about 20,000 miles to get to the center, you know? And the deeper, you know, they get, the hotter it becomes. So where is hell? Honestly, we don't know. But if we had to take an educated, sanctified guess, according to what the Scriptures might teach, it's probably in the center of the earth. We could take Scripture, like Ephesians chapter number 4, where it says that Jesus Christ, he that uh, ascended, is also he that descended, ascended, talking about to the lowest parts of the earth. And some would say this, that Jesus, when, when he came down and died on the cross and was buried, he went down to the lowest parts of the earth. Well, there's a lot of different theories on that. Some believe one is that he just, it just is a reference from him leaving heaven and coming to earth. Another reference is that you know, when Jesus died, you know, uh, he went down into what is known as, you know, hell or paradise, like we talked about a week or two ago, right? But again, we really don't have the support of Scripture to be dogmatic on it. Do you have a question, Barry? Uh, is that one parable where it talks about Abraham's bosom? Right. And it gives you the picture that... Uh, Hell or Sheol is right close for Right. As we spoke about last week, if you remember. We're going to reference that here in just a moment. But yeah, for sure. So, again, we look at, you know, we look at what the Bible has to say. And, of course, you want to look at the origin. So, where, where, you know, where did hell come from? Where is hell? Uh, which would lead to some of the features, some of the features of hell. And, again, we only know what the Bible tells us, right? But what it does tell us is, is pretty gruesome. It's pretty awful. For example, the Bible says this, that hell is a place of punishment. It's a place of punishment, right? Uh, we, we reference this verse in, in uh, Matthew 25, 46. It says, and they shall go away into everlasting punishment. Think about it, everlasting punishment, you know? Everlasting is a long time. It's a place of punishment. Uh, it's a place of torment, Luke 16, 23. If you remember last week when we studied through that, the Bible says, and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments. Torments, you know. And so I, I get the, you know, you're, you're, in a, you're in a place. Of course, the next one would be uh, it's a place of fire, right? Matthew 13, we just looked at that, verse number 50, uh, into, you know, eternal fire, furnace of fire, so, you know, you think about someone being, you know, cast into hell, they're tormented, you know, and torment's not only physical, but it's emotional, it's mental. In fact, mental torment is sometimes worse than physical torment, you know. And then, according to Luke chapter 16, what you just referenced, uh, Barry, you know, the man, uh, the rich man that went to hell, uh, he had the ability to recognize others. So he had his faculties, right? So he's in hell. And, and he, he can sense, I mean, he can see Abraham. He can see Lazarus in his bosom. Remember that? And then, and then he, he prays. He prays to Abraham, you know. He calls out to Abraham, and that word prayer just means ask. He's asking Abraham for what? Well, he's got some desires. He's in hell, and he's got desires. One of his desires was for what? Water. Water. He said, man, just a drop just a drop of water to quench my thirst. And then another one of his desires, remember what it was? What did he ask Abraham for? Not just water, but? Yeah, for water. What was another one? Pardon me? Yeah. 
Yeah, mercy. Please, he says, I have, I got five brothers, and I don't want to see them come to this place, so would you send somebody? Would you send Lazarus? Because if one came back, I mean, if one comes back, of course, Abraham said, son, can't do it. They have the word of God. They have the men of God. They have the word of God. You let your brothers hear them, right? And so, beyond our imagination, isn't it? Hell. I can't wrap my brain around it. But if I read the scriptures and believe the scriptures, right, it's, it's, it's an awful place. It's an awful place. Now, in the secular media, right, you know, they make hell as, as like the party of all parties. You know, heaven is boring. Hell is where all the action takes place. Isn't that right? But you know, the Bible is so clear and Jesus is so clear, in fact, emphatic, that, the bio, that, that hell was an awful place. It's a place of torment. And I think that's maybe so that you and I come under the impression that we need to do everything in our power to share the gospel with others, you know? Some would ask, well, what's the extent of hell, right? And the Bible speaks to that because it tells us that, that hell is a place of eternal death, eternal death eternal death. And those who reject Christ as Savior will spend eternity in hell. Now, you remember that text where we studied a couple, well, it was just last week, last Wednesday night. No, it wasn't, the week before. It's the week before. And we talked about how this rich man goes to hell, and in hell he cries out to Abraham, and he, and he says, you know, Father Abraham, and would you? And, and Abraham says this. He said, son, I can't. Even if I could, I can't, because between between you and between us, there's a great gulf fixed. You know, the Bible's really clear. Pay attention right here. There's no exiting hell. And I shared this. Remember this chart? In fact, I have some for you. If you want to, on the way out the door, pop up and grab one, because I know it's pretty hard to see that. But it's, it's a pretty graphic chart here. And on the one side, there's that compartment right in the center. And on the one side says paradise, on the other side says hell, and right in the center it says a great gulf fixed. Right? And Abraham says, you know, there's no going back and forth. Correct? You with me? And so people who die without Christ go to that place called hell, and there's no getting out. Now, I know what the, what the Scriptures teach. Death and hell are swallowed up into the lake of fire, Right? And, and if you look back down here, you got the abyss, and then you got the lake of fire, you know. Uh, and really, the only difference is, you know, it's eternal. So hell is, I guess we would say, you know, going to one day end because it's going to be cast into the lake of fire. It's pretty serious stuff, isn't it? It's eternal death. I'm glad I'm saved, aren't you? Glad I'm saved. Uh, Jesus said this, and they shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Questions about hell. I think the most significant question about hell is the last one that I mentioned, and that is this. Why would a loving God, why would a loving God send anybody to hell? Why? Well, the answer to that is this. God doesn't send people to hell. People go to hell because of their own decisions, right? 
They, they make poor decisions. And, and, uh, and, you know, the Bible teaches that sin has separated us from God, but he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to remedy that problem. Correct? But there's a couple of scriptures I want us to see before we close up tonight. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Thessalonians, please, in chapter number 2. I referenced this last week, but I want to, I want to, show, you, I want to show you this text again. 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 2. And look with me, if you would, at uh, verse number 5. Remember ye not that when I was with you, yet with you, I told you these things. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. And he says, And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. He says, The mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Did you see that? And for this cause, uh, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's a powerful passage of Scripture, isn't it? And what he's saying is this, you know, there's going to come a day when, uh, look at verse number 7, let's talk about that for a second, when he who now lets will be taken out of the way. Anybody know what that's a reference to? Anybody know what that's a reference to? Can you help me with that? Anybody? Yes, sir. I believe it's the rapture, right? And the reason why is there's um, the real meaning of the word let, and I looked it up, is to uh, cause like a, like a traffic jam or delay for the time being until that traffic jam be, be alleviated somehow through all that moving out of the way. It's causing, right now, God's causing a traffic jam to prevent the end of Christ all the stuff that's happening, but he's going to take it all out of the way. That's good. That's good. All right, so let's look. I, I appreciate what you said, John. I agree with that. Let's take it a little bit deeper. For the mystery of iniquity doth all reward only he who now letteth. Who's the he? Christ hinders. Who'd you say? Satan hinders. Who'd you say? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. How many believe it's the Holy Spirit? Believe it's the Holy Spirit in the church. Right? Now, now get this. I, I, I want to show you the important uh, place that we play in God's economy. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Right? And so, basically, it's the Holy Spirit of God's influence in the New Testament church. And there's coming a day when that influence is going to be taken away. When is that going to be done? At the rapture. At the rapture. Did you see that? So the, so the rapture is the next event on the prophetic calendar, correct? And once the church is gone, guess what happens? Look at verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume. Guess what happens right after the rapture? The tribulation. The tribulation period, right? That seven-year period of time on earth, right, where that wicked one, who's the wicked one? The Antichrist. The Antichrist is on the scene, 
You know, and immediately he begins to present himself as being, you know, a friend to Israel and, you know, just someone to be worshipped and praised. But then he turns out to be who he is in reality. And that's when great tribulation begins in the second half of the tribulation period, correct? But notice, notice what he says in verse number 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. So why would a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. God gives humankind every opportunity, every chance to be saved. But when they reject, look what it says, they receive not the love of the truth. They receive not. What's that mean? They reject the truth. They reject the gospel. And as a result, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So guess what's going to happen? They're going to begin to worship the Antichrist and follow suit, right? You remember back in the day when we used to study the book of Revelation and the end times and we're looking at the, you know, the mark of the beast. Remember that? And everyone who receives the mark of the beast will be damned. And are you, are, are you remember that stuff? Huh? So he's talking about here. They're going to believe the lie. So what happens at the rapture? You know, we're in the supermarket and man, the rapture occurs and there's just your basket or your, you know, you were in the checkout line and where'd they go? And God's going to send strong delusion. People believe the lie. Why? Because they rejected the truth. So God doesn't send people to hell. People go to hell because of their own decisions, right? We're born with sin. God sent Jesus Christ to, you know, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9. Anybody know what that says? For the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Right? Isn't that great truth? The Lord desires everybody to be saved. Will everybody be saved? Now look at this Bible verse and let's see what Jesus said. He said, enter ye in at the what? The straight gate. Why? Because wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And here's the worst part. Many there be which go in thereat. Right? God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. However, will all be saved? No. No. Why? Because some are just going to have pleasure in unrighteousness, reject the truth, and end up eternal death, right? Eternity is for all, not just for the saved, for the unsaved. The saved go to heaven. The unsaved don't. They go to hell. And I think that's why it's important for you and I to make sure we know for sure we're saved and then take the gospel out into our community and share it with others so they can know for sure they're saved. Amen? Right? Eternity for all. Questions you might have? Yes, sir. Uh, I, I was noticing in uh, the last couple of verses in Romans chapter 1, it basically says the same thing concerning those that know, you know, and just reject it. Yeah. Yeah, Romans 1 verse 20 talks about them being without excuse. Yeah. Right? So there's no excuse. God's given creation. He's given conscience. He's given the witness of the word. Right? There's no people die, go to... Go to, go to hell, they go without excuse. They can't blame God for that, right? Anything else? Yes, sir. 
Um, a couple questions. At the very beginning, you talked about <clears throat> no one who doesn't believe can enter heaven. Two groups I'm thinking of. I've heard opinions on different levels. What about someone who commits suicide, who professed to be a Christian? Is it possible for someone who takes their own life yeah, I believe this is personal belief, right? I believe once saved, always saved. Amen. So if you're saved and you go through some difficult times in life and your emotions overwhelm you, right, and you commit suicide, nowhere in the scriptures does that, scriptures, nowhere in the scriptures, religions will teach that that person can't go to heaven, right, but not the scriptures. Second group, anyone who never had the opportunity or reached an age of understanding? Great question. So, I believe the scriptures teach this. If the rapture should occur today, right, people still continue to live. The church, us, we're saved. If you're saved, we go up. We get rapture. We're in heaven, right? People on earth who hadn't made a decision yet, not everybody rejected Christ, right? There's some folks that um, who was I talking to just yesterday told me they were witnessing to somebody on a plane? Who was that? It was, yeah, it was my sister right here. She, on Sunday, she was telling me she was, she was um, flying someplace, witnessed to a Japanese, Thai, Taiwanese guy, an Asian fellow. He was Asian, grew up Buddhist, never really heard the gospel, never heard about Jesus. And for several hours, a couple of hours, three hours, she was going to Puerto Rico, right? Flying to Puerto Rico. For three hours, she had the chance uh, to witness to him on an airplane. And at the end of it, she had asked him, you know, would you be willing to, and here's what he said to her. He said, you know, I, I never heard this before. I grew up Buddhist because my parents were Buddhist, uh, but you, 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 you gave me something to think about. So let's say plane lands, rapture occurs, Lillian's gone up, right? But he didn't get saved. But why didn't he get saved? Because he's saying to himself, could this be real? Could this be... If you read carefully the scriptures, there are people who get saved during the, rap, uh, during the tribulation. Not everybody, but there are people. Those who, Lillian, if he would have said to you on that airplane, ma'am, you're wrong. There is no way. Jesus was a man. He was a good man, but a man. There's absolute, and he's denying the truth. Good possibility he'll believe the lie. But since he's saying, I never heard this before, good possibility he'll see what's transacted and say, man, what this woman was telling me was true, and get saved. I, it's my fault for not being clear. A group that we're leaving out is hard to think about. Uh, young children. Great question. Exactly. And here's what I believe about that. I believe there's salvation for those who can't be saved. And what I mean is this. So you take someone who's born with Down syndrome or an aborted baby, or the penalty for sin is death. The second death is for personal sin. So you take a child, you take a little baby that's one years old and dies, right? You know, they're born sinners. They have a sin nature, and the penalty for sin is death, right? But because they didn't, they didn't come to that age of reasoning or the age of understanding or the age of accountability, right? Personally, I believe they would go to heaven. And the one verse of Scripture that I hold on to would be when David said about his child that was, that was you know, born dead, was died as, as, as an infant, where David said, he can no longer come to me, but I can go to him. 
You know, and I think David was speaking about the afterlife. And so I do believe there's salvation for those who can't be saved. And then people like, people that can't retain. And so I know folks that have visited in nursing homes and whatnot, and every single week, you know, who needs to be saved? They put their hand up because they can't retain it, you know, right? God is a merciful God. And I do believe people like that can be saved and are saved, will be saved. Sure. Is your position on the Holy Spirit being the restrainer a dogmatic one? Pretty much. Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I believe that too, but I had a professor in college who didn't present it necessarily as a position, but theorized that it could also be the archangel Michael. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. You know, I've heard that too, uh, Josh, but I, I believe it's the Holy Spirit. I believe he's the restrainer in that text of Scripture. Passages in Revelation, Daniel, that refer to... Right. Exactly. Yeah, and I do believe he's got a specific task, yeah. Michael, but I don't believe he's the restrainer. Yeah. Yes, yes, sir. Remember the way you're talking about suicide before? Now, you could die a fast death or a slow death. In other words, if you, like say for a couple of years, if you don't eat healthy, all of a sudden you change your diet, you start eating junk and cake and stuff, you're going to kill yourself, but it's going to be slower. <laughs> so maybe you lose hope. You kill yourself, it takes about two years to die. Your colon is messed up. So, not, not to go into detail, but, well, you can, you can kill yourself slower. <clears throat> so, Either way, you're going to die. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good theory, John. <laughs> you got me worried. <laughs> got to cut back on some of that pizza, Donna. <laughs> Great questions, folks. I like that, man. That's, see, that's what, that's what Bible study is about. Dennis? Uh, I'm just going to say, you explain something, something I've learned years ago, and I've always used to explain the gospel or uh, John 3.19, never quoted, it's always John 3.16. Yeah. But uh, this is the condemnation. This is why, and I say, this is why people go to hell. Not for your born. Everybody born a sinner. Right. Some people go to heaven. Why? Yeah. You know, this is the condemnation. Light has come into the world. Men chose darkness. Rather than light. Yep. Because of deeds or evil. Exactly. All evil. But Jesus Christ paid the sin. Yeah. Deuteronomy says, I call you a record that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life that you want. Right. We have a choice, and you said it earlier, we have a choice to make. Yeah. God already took, he made the choice. And that's another question of the destiny in our hands. God made the choice to save everyone. Yep. <laughs> he sent us, for God's sake, the world, he gave his only begotten son. Now he, yeah. he can do what we want with it. Amen. Yep, good input. Good input, right, class? Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Anybody else? Everybody good? You know the most important question? Do you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? And if not, you need to get sure. You need to get saved. And I trust that you've made that decision. But if you haven't, no better time than right now. Amen? Hey, let's pray together, and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for the... Uh, just the open understanding you give us. Holy Spirit, thank you for meeting with us tonight. It's so good to hear uh, important questions, sincere questions being raised. And thank you for the insight you give us, Lord. Others uh, just giving input and, and just uh, uh, spouting out our beliefs. It's exciting to hear that. And I would pray you'll help us to be you know, rock solid in our faith, knowing for sure that 
our names written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, but also being burdened in our heart for those who are not saved. May we take the gospel message with us this week and share it in our community. And we pray that you'll continue to guide and direct in our lives. Thank you. We love you. Praise you. Give us a, a good end to the night and a great end to the week. We ask in Jesus' name and amen. You are dismissed, church. God bless you. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.